Hey, remember yesterday when I was pushing the Pirates to promote Will Craig from Indianapolis to Pittsburgh? Yeah? All right. Well, remember last night when Will Craig showed up at PNC Park and homered for his first big league hit? Yeah, that too? Okay, well, today I'm going to share with you why that thought process, generally speaking, isn't all that healthy. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins. The Pirates lost last night to the Giants 3-1. to Craig's home run accounted for all of the offense. Will Crow, not to be confused with Will Craig, pitched, I thought, really well through five innings. He was charged with all three runs, but he showed good location of the fastball, good movement on the changeup, and did well enough, looked confident out there. I, I had no issue with the way he pitched last night, have had no issue with the way he's pitched to date. That really is pretty much all there is to say about that game. I don't know that I could carry on another sentence or two with what happened in that actual game. Do you want to hear from Will Craig? Here, let's hear from Will Craig. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that just kind of, you know, once you made, once I made contact with it, it kind of everything was all the pressure was not pressure, but it's like relief, just kind of all the weights off the shoulders, and you're just like, okay, now I can now I can go play. I got that. First hit all the way in the being a homer, which is just a bonus. But, um, you know, just having all that kind of, you know, kind of relief and being like, okay, it's the same game I've played my entire life. This, you know, it's a, you know, higher level and bigger stadiums and big brighter lights. Good for him. Congratulations. To repeat from yesterday, 2013 first round pick. Only had four big league plate appearances before last night. And then he does that. Big, big part of what baseball is all about. Scenes like that. The way he was given that big hug at the top of the dugout step by Gregory Polanco and then had his helmet pretty much smashed to bits once he was making it through the gauntlet there in the dugout. But that's it. That's it. There really isn't that much to say. And you know what? We're kind of headed toward that territory. I hate to keep being Mr. Doomsday-sayer. But with all these injuries in particular, and until the Pirates get Cabrian Hayes back, out of all of them, you're not going to see this offense be interesting, let alone competitive, on any regular basis. So there's also going to be a natural and understandable tendency to go flipping through the minor leagues. Now that we have minor league ball back in play, four affiliates going six nights a week, Indianapolis, Altoona, Bradenton, Greensboro. And at each one of these stops, especially the lower ones, You've got legit talent, players actually worth getting excited about 
who someday, sooner rather than later, could make a commensurate impact at PNC Park. And that's fun. That feels rewarding, at least to whatever extent you can be rewarded by checking a team's website. When you see that Nick Gonzalez hits another home run like he did last night for Greensboro, yeah, Nick Gonzalez, top hitter in the system. That's great. That's great. O'Neill Cruz has hit a couple of bombs for Altoona. Also really cool. Ruanzi Contreras is throwing 100 miles an hour for the curve. He's one of the pitchers that was stolen, stolen in the Jamison Tyone trade with the Yankees. Miguel Yahure is the other. Yahure came up here yesterday. He's going to be pitching tonight at PNC Park. But for the most part, these kids will not be visible. They will not be here, and they will not and cannot be Band-Aids for what goes wrong in Pittsburgh. That's what I'm referencing when I said earlier that I can advocate for something like Will Craig one day and he comes up and does it, but what ends up happening is that I think then there's a a runaway school of thought here that we'll bring up Travis Swaggerty too and bring up Leo Verpaguero too because he's better than what we got. And that's just not how it works, at least not with a successful baseball organization. They don't just keep players down in the minors because they're blocked in the majors or for nefarious reasons related to contracts and service time and that sort of thing. No, the real reason you keep players in the minors, meaning at their assigned level, is to make sure that they check off enough boxes at that level that they now need to be challenged, that they're now ready to be challenged at the next level. That's it. We have seen, and we still do see, around baseball, teams that will say, well, we've got a hole out here in right field, so we're just going to bring up so-and-so because he's better than random old guy that we've got to put out there. So then the kid comes up, the kid faces pitchers, but also pitch is that he's never, never had to see in any form and gets blown away, gets smoked, and possibly gets damaged. Then you send that kid back down and the kid is like, what the heck was that? And you risk really not just stunting them, but maybe wiping them out. What percent of a sport like baseball, where you can fail 70% of the time and still make it into the Hall of Fame, is upstairs, is under the cap? I don't know. I can't imagine. But it's got to be more. It's got to be more than what it is in football hockey, and maybe other sports. You've got to have an ironclad confidence 
What comes first, confidence or performance? I don't know. I'm not a sports psychologist, but I would imagine the performance has to be in the mix somewhere. So you don't just bring somebody up because they're better than, I don't know, Kai Tom or Ben Gamble or, or whatever. That player has to be ready. The player has to show that they're ready. And what does that mean? Well, first, let me remind you that this portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by North Shore Tavern. That's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. Actually, right on the corner of Federal and General Robinson and next to Mike's Beer Bar. North Shore Tavern is home to Steak on a Stone, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's steak served to you on an 800-pound stone, and you basically cook the thing yourself once it makes it to your table. Great experience. North Shore Tavern is also the world's only fully dedicated pirate sports bar. Front to back, nothing but buckos. Check them out. North Shore Tavern on Federal Street. Now, what does it mean for the prospect to show that they're ready for the next level? Never mind if that's Pittsburgh or a lower level. Well, every system has a different player plan. And under Ben Charrington, unlike his predecessor, every player has a different player plan. It's not a one-size-fits-all thing anymore. As Charrington and his staff very often point out, somehow without ever being critical of their predecessors, by the way. They're real classy in that regard. Unlike me, all I do is rip those guys all the time. <laughs> Which is the only reason I brought it up just now. The player plan, simply put, has certain check marks that the player has to be able to cross off in order for that player to succeed when they get to the major leagues. And the reason that every profile is different is that every skill set is different, every mentality is different. If a player is profiling to be more of a fourth outfielder, fifth outfielder, bench type, utility type, you're not going to be as caught up in certain things like, well, can they do this and this in the third at bat of a game? Can they hit multiple different types of pitches? Because if you're a pinch hitter, chances are you're pretty good you're coming into the game with guys on base, and you're going to see fastball. So a pure fastball hitter is going to have a better chance of succeeding on the bench, and it won't necessarily be all that important how he handles a backdoor slider. You follow what I'm saying? You have to cross those things off. If you don't, your whole system becomes a mess because you start having guys bounce up and then back down and back up and back down every time you have a need at a higher level, specifically Pittsburgh. I mean, it's got to be tempting. Pick, put, put yourself in Charrington's shoes. When you're watching, I don't know, Todd Frazier, Dustin Fowler, Anthony Alford, any of these guys that have already been DFA'd, and then some of what they've still got out there on the field, who can't hit, can't particularly catch the ball well either. And then you make a trip to, 
you know, Indianapolis or even Altoona, which is two levels down and go, wow, I mean, this guy right here, this kid, he's better than what we've got right now. I mean, I could call him up and he's actually a player that I got in a trade, whether it was for Starling Marte or Joe Musgrove or Josh Bell or whatever it is. And I sure would look awfully good bringing up that kid. I would look like Mr. Smart GM. Smarter than the predecessor, according to the guy that does the obnoxious podcast. He could do that. But he doesn't. Why? Because he's smart. And he knows that what matters way more than people like me and you giving him attaboys in 2021 is that when Travis Swaggerty arrives in Pittsburgh, he arrives with the most complete possible skill set that he can, that he arrives with the most confidence that he can. These decisions aren't perfect. There are some guys that take longer than you'd like, longer than you'd expect. Josh Bell is actually a really good example in that regard, and he still came up kind of incomplete and still struggled, and he's still doing that in Washington. I thought other guys might have come up, you know, a little too quickly. Pedro Alvarez, did he get damaged by it? I don't know. I mean, he was technically speaking a number one overall pick considering that the Rays punted on the first actual pick that year. And he never made it. He's out of the majors. I mean, he made it. You know what I'm saying. He didn't stick. There's not a perfect time. There's not a perfect formula for it. But the worst way to think about it, the single most flawed approach that you can take is to address short-term immediate needs in Pittsburgh. So why did I say what I said yesterday about Will Craig? Well, Will Craig's not a kid. Will Craig's 27 years old. He's been around for a while. Will Craig is uh, as polished and experienced a AAA player as you could want. He's smooth in the field. He's a professional, knows how to carry himself. He's not going to embarrass himself at the plate. He's not going to do what he did last night all the time either. So it was a different setting. So I, I thought I would seize the opportunity today to try to maybe add a little bit of context to that. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. Today's Just One Question comes from Mark Honigman, who asks, Why hasn't Wolf Craig gotten a fair shot before left off the 40 man nobody claimed him it's just one hit that he got but maybe he's got something to prove well mark the the hit that he got was impressive and i don't want to diminish it just because of its obviously small sample size 99 mile an hour fastball that he had to take the other way And he took it there with gusto. You don't see many right-handed hitters put the ball out to right center. 
he does have something of an all-or-nothing history when it comes to the contact that he makes. That said, he doesn't strike out very much. So all-or-nothing is maybe not the most precise term that I could use there because when you think of all-or-nothing, I'm thinking more of like going way, way, way back to Willie Stargell, you know, where everything was a home run or a strikeout. Before that became baseball, I should add, Craig hasn't hit or reached base at a level that excites baseball analytics people. His batting average, to get to the crudest figure, over the last two full years uh, in Indianapolis, and remember that when I say that, there's no 2020. So we're talking about 2018 and 2019, was 245. So he didn't reach on any regular basis. Um, He's never really impressed in spring training. Uh, A lot of rolling over, a lot of soft-ish contact. And then, every once in a while, the big man will run into one. To his credit, not taking anything away from him. The question that you're asking has only that as an answer. Because Craig has been a minor league gold glover. At first base, he's very good at the position. He's also a guy who's, as you might have noticed from the reaction in the Pirates' dugout last night, popular with his teammates. They've always liked him. They've always respected him. They've always believed that he could contribute in Pittsburgh. Brian Reynolds, a couple years ago, was passionate on this subject about getting Craig up to Pittsburgh. Let's see what he's got. Let's give him a chance. He's not the only one who's felt that way. Josh Bell told me that. Gregory Polanco told me that. They really, really like the guy. So when I went to bat for him yesterday, which is not something that I've done either because I've also heard you know, the management side of this, which is that they they don't see the bat that they want to see. When you're looking at a season like 2021 and there's not a whole lot else to get out of it other than learning about people, and you've got Colin Moran once he comes back as your everyday first baseman, and Moran's earned that. I don't want to hear about platoons regarding Moran anymore. This is a good baseball player. He's earned being your everyday guy. But everyday guy in baseball doesn't mean 162 anymore. Guys get breaks. And if you see a a tough lefty come into the lineup, maybe you can work Will Craig into that slot. Uh, Will Craig has played some outfield in the past. He's not great out there. But then who out there is great? (laughs) Right? So I think... There should be a look at Craig. I'm not saying that it should be the full season. I'm not saying it should be half the season. But my goodness, give the kid a month, huh? Give the kid a month. Let him play his way off the roster. No, he was not Ben Charrington's first-round pick. He was Neil Huntington and Kyle Stark's first-round pick way back in 2013. So Charrington doesn't have anything to gain on a personal level, you know, or to prove 
by trying to keep the guy around or to lose by moving him out because it wasn't his pick. At the same time, he is a first-round pick. At least take a look. Oh, and by the way, while you're at it, how about bringing Cole Tucker up and trying that too? Once Tucker hits a little bit down there, which he hasn't done yet. He hasn't done that yet. I appreciate the question, Mark. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates all week long. We'll be back with a new one on Monday. Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.